0: We're live in three, two, one. <laughs> Boy, this pandemonium around here today. It, it was spring, he. you know.
2: But it's finally sprung. Up. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, everybody, welcome to West Point, Mississippi, home of Mossy Oak brand camo, the Gamekeeper Studios. Some tired gamekeepers sitting here at the yeah. table. Oh, Dud looks pretty good. Dudley, why don't you say hello to our friends in France and Mexico?
3: Uh, we got listeners
2: over there? I we
3: do. I think I was supposed to memorize some words in a different language. You uh, were. Au revoir. That means
0: goodbye. Au revoir. Au revoir. Well, au revoir.
3: No, well we're, yeah, we are. Lenny. We're excited to have some listeners in
2: France. And actually, we made it it's on the Bonjour. It's bonjour. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Look at <laughs> there. There we go. Bon Good bonjour, bonjour. And what about hello in Spanish? Hola, hola, hola! All right, there we go. Lani at spring. That means mm-hmm. I, I had to put my corduroys up. Yeah, and I hate you got that. your jogging pants on. How well, you feeling, Bobby? Well, I got a kidney stone, oh. so I'm trying to be comfortable.
3: He's well. been he's been walking funny around the office lately.
2: Yeah. You know, I, I cannot keep believe this has happened. At it seems season. like it happens every turkey season. Well, he, have you have
1: are you? I mean, mle- are you on the molly mle-
2: again?
3: Uh, yeah, well, I was. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure, I was. But you are like a chronic <laughs> kidney stone kind of person. Uh, you get them all the time. Like every
2: couple of years, I get one. Yeah, so, I've never I, had I, one. I just wish it wouldn't be in turkey season. So, so look, guys, there's uh, w- w- you know we've got Chris Kirby. We're going to talk about, but before we call him, I wanted to mention: uh, Is there any blood on the biologic that you guys seen? Any first turkeys anybody's killed?
3: Well, actually, yes. Um, I was carousing through the the book of faces, and I found some first turkeys. Uh, nice, Gabby Farmer got her first turkey. Her dad, Stephen Farmer, a friend of ours, uh, and a buddy of mine, Adam Quick, his daughter Baker got her first turkey the other day. It's pretty the girls cool. getting them nice. The board. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Shot it with her brand new twenty gauge. Uh, and then uh, Adam also took uh, a friend's son, uh, Witt Fountain, got his first turkey. Man, they're on a roll. Yeah. yeah, that's good. So Adam's all about getting uh, new people involved in the sport. Uh, he, he also does a lot of stuff with Catch a Dream.
1: Oh,
3: that's awesome! all over the place. Well, congrats to Hayden.
1: Oh yeah, Dr. Hayden got on the board. That was awesome. And look, don't we have another first here on the? Don't we have a first here at the
2: table? Well, I, I you know, if we want to recognize that, we do. You put in for a hunt at
3: <laughs> Beep. Yeah, I drew a two-day hunt, uh, did a lot of map scouting on Old X, went a little bit early, goofed around, found a bunch of scratching, um, and was successful the first morning. Hey, that's so. pretty good. But I didn't leave the woods. I had a good time. I scouted around. Well, oh, we were
1: wondering. We got this picture early, and you never came back to the office for two days. <laughs> we don't know. Well,
3: you know, I, I could have gotten another one on day two. You can kill one one bird a day. Uh, and at this, this particular hunt, you can kill one each day. Uh, and that didn't happen, but I had a lot of fun. Uh, saved a bunch of waypoints on some cool plants that I found. You know, just doing Dudley stuff. Yeah, Doing
1: doing Dudley
3: stuff. Did you find any mushrooms? Uh, No, I did not. I was looking for morels. Um, I found them at my family land, but not really anywhere else. So, yeah, I was was looking for morels, too. Hmm. No luck. Well, congratulations on that public land turkey. That's a big deal. It was fun.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, so, Lanny, have you noticed anybody, any, any of your crew? Besides Hayden.
1: Uh, Yeah, no, Hayden. You know, we finally got on the board with Hayden, uh, so that's good. But I I just, I don't know, Mac, jump in here. It seems like, you know, there's a a, a fair amount of, of, a decent amount of turkeys this year, so. I know David's uh, looking good over there. Everybody's jealous of him,
2: as always. I don't know if it's, he's got the time to hunt or what it is. Well, so yeah, I have a theory on that. There's yeah. not anything else getting done.
4: Yeah, <laughs> Is
2: that a theory or The start of the podcast <laughs> when you know, I, I mean, so turkey season is taking precedence over everything in David's life. It tends to do that around it, here. It, it does, but he, I, you know. Mm. But <laughs> well, we, we gotta be careful that things don't not get done. You know. So the first uh,
1: time uh, we walked in from our first hunt, my wife reminded me that's what tends to happen during turkey season. She looked at me and both like, Don't don't get too distracted, boys. But anyways, funny.
2: Yeah. So did everybody notice on social media the last couple of days about the Mossy Oak Wild Turkey Conservation stamps out. That's a good looking little stamp yeah, it's and it's great. a great
3: project. Yeah, great project. Did you read Toxie's letter? I did. Oh, that was awesome too. Yeah. So.
1: Really
3: good. Yeah. Yeah. I already Proud got, to be part of that. I already bought several. There um, you go. I read a comment that I, I want to do too. I want to I want to have one incorporated into a pot call. Ooh. You know, where you can see it through the glass. Oh yeah. That's so. a great idea. I bet That's some call idea. manufacturer will jump on that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just buy them up, guys.
0: Just do it. It, it, it's all going to a good cause, that's for sure. The so, old wild turkey. And you can get those at slash wild turkey stamp. Yeah, you sure can. And that <laughs> slash is leaning to the
2: right. I think they call that the, a backslash. Backslash, yeah, backslash. I'll just. You know, Mike, I'm not correcting you, but I just want, for our listeners that are wanting to make sure they that get are that. are Bobby's age. Yeah.
0: yeah, I don't know very many emails uh, or WWs that have a forward slash or mostly backslash. Well, they
3: could. They could. Um, All right. <laughs> I, Bobby, I want to know more about how you're... Uh, yeah, you got a story. Yeah, how's your how's the progress on your world champion hickory tree going? Yeah, well, well you, you got to
2: uh, tell us about Jesse's turkey too, don't you? Yeah, she uh, she uh, she killed one uh, opening morning in right. uh, in Alabama. We had a really good hunt. Had sat down to uh, within a hundred yards of a turkey, and you know that did not happen every day. But just we got lucky, and he flew down and put on a show. Took about thirty minutes to get him.
1: Over where you needed to, to be
2: yeah. yeah good a little 20 gauge with some apex shells hey i tell you what apex
1: i need to i need to thank apex for for hayden's turkey too that's some good stuff
2: yeah well i, I think apex played a big role in that that night code it was the way you described it it was the shells really performed oh
1: the shells really performed no doubt about it
2: so. everybody that uses them that's
3: what i hear yeah huh. yeah good don't, stuff don't hear anything but good. I'm going to wow. have to get some more. They're that good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. One, one of the positive things I've noticed is, you know, when you shoot a turkey, it pretty much dies immediately. It's and the deadest I've the, ever seen. The, the birds, uh, I I like to, you know, when they're flopping around, the rest of the flock flies off, disappears. And in the TSS days, it seems like more often than not, you can shoot and then calm the flock down with some calling. And then they'll oftentimes just feed off into the distance. So I think that's a pretty cool calm thing. Calm the flock calm down. The flock <laughs> How many times have I heard that? Yeah. Uh, and I, oh, you you talking about most people call them back and shoot them again? No, no. Well, I'm just saying. I see what you're saying it's, a
1: thousand percent. But uh, it it's works. The, it's the deadest. I've ever seen turkeys when I shoot. Yeah, they. No be, doubt about yeah, it. I agree. You know, because we used to laugh and flop. I mean, we'd run out there and jump on them because they were flopping. And, and you know, I'm always scared yeah. everything's going to jumping go up in the air, jumping flopping. up in the air, yeah. flopping. Man, it's boom! They're there. It's pretty amazing.
2: Stuff. You think so, it's because their necks are it's breaking their neck? You know, I
1: take I take the tail I and mean, I take it. I call it a turkey tail, I don't know what it is But I, I skin them all the way up through their head with that. You know that 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 row of feathers that goes from the middle of their tail all the way up to the tip of their head. Yeah. And when I'm skinning the turkeys up the head uh, that have been shot with TSS, it is total destruction is the best way to put it. I mean, hemorrhaging everywhere, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's truly devastating
2: to me. Mm. Well that's that I'm a believer. That's mm-hmm. that's for sure. sure so all right, Dudley, calm the flock down. Let's ah! look over here at uh, Mac. What about a commercial? Wait, again? wait, wait. We we
1: gotta we we need to talk a little bit about the Ponderosa, don't we? That's what Dudley was trying to bring up. Yeah, yeah, so well,
3: Bobby found this big tree and I you know, I, I get a text and it'll be like of a one twig, you know, what tree is this? I'm like, Well, I need to know more than just one picture. One picture. But uh we finally figured out it was a hickory, and we think it's a pignut hickory, and it is a gargantuan tree. And it's it's kind of on a bluff, and it's facing the right direction. It's got everything it needs. It's got spread. It's got height. It's got diameter. And so Bobby's been obsessing over it. And uh, Have you named it yet? No, I hadn't named it. But— uh, he first started, You want name he, he got a helium balloon to see how tall it was and then shot it with a range finder. Then, then we called Dr. Strickland. Wait, over. wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. So you got a helium balloon on a string. Yeah, I said, happy birthday.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and you let it go all the way to the top of the tree? It, it didn't work. It, 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 the wind was blowing and it kept not going where I wanted it to go. And it ended up ended up getting tangled up in the tree. Ah. So there's a balloon hanging in the tree now. So but, did you come up with this? I did to figure yeah, out that, how was, that was my. It's hard to figure out how to. That's tolerance. a great idea. That's so, what I was going to say. I thought that would work, but I, if it would have been a still day, it would have worked. But the wind was just. Did you have a
1: string on and just let it go, and you were going to try to shoot it when it went up there?
2: No, I had a fi- I had it tied to a, a fishing, fishing pole. Oh,
3: okay, <clears throat> and let it up, but the wind blew it off to the side, so. Then I said, "Bobby, you need a like a sun toe clinometer, Uh, uh, like (laughs) a clinometer, like we I used in forestry school eons ago." And and of course, I couldn't find mine, so uh, we called Bronson. He talked to a buddy in forestry and
1: got Bobby a a,
3: It's a range finder, but it's got all that sine, cosine, all that stuff built into it. So yeah, tangent, uh, yeah, which is so
2: complicated. Yeah. So I took I studied that. And uh, and I didn't do very well in algebra, trigonometry, and all that stuff. But uh, trigonometry, yeah, I shot it and uh, think I figured out uh, a height, but I probably need somebody else to back me up on it. But I, I think it can be—it's
3: it, really close to being a champion tree. Yeah. So so what's a champion tree, Dudley? uh i want to say do you know the score what you i mean what is a champion okay the the pig nut in alabama what what is the score 236. okay so that's
2: the height you get a point for every foot you get a point for the diameter right the circumference for every inch of diameter and then they measure the crown at 90 degree angles and and average those and divide by
3: four and then that's points
1: so, But a champion tree is the largest spe- species of its kind in the state or something? Yeah, like the there?
3: largest individual of that species is in known in the recorded. state.
1: Wow. So you could have a champion pignut hickory on
2: your it place. Could if it's a pignut, yeah. Wow. So uh, so we're trying to figure out if it's a pignut or if it's a red or a sand. or I didn't know there were that many different kind of hickories. but
3: uh, yeah. We're pretty sure it's a pignut, but when it leaves out, we'll know for sure. Yeah. And we can look at some buds up close, all that good stuff. So it's exciting.
1: <laughs> I wish we had that uh, Queen song. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, we, well, are we are the champions. That yeah, that would have been good. So. Well, isn't there? A, there's a Queen song about trees too. Is there? Anyway, no, that was Rush. Never mind. Yeah, trees. Please. All right. So while we have put everybody to sleep, there, <laughs> I'm so. talking about your tree on the Ponderosa.
2: <laughs>
0: Mac, have we got a, a, a commercial that uh, that you want to
2: run through real quick?
0: Yeah, so most of our listeners probably just received their uh, spring issue of the Gamekeeper magazine. Uh, but if you didn't get it or your subscri- subscription expired, you can go and uh, purchase that. Uh, you can purchase the back issue with five of the Gamekeeper magazines. And this one's got a big, pretty strutting long beard on there. And it's a, a lot of good information. And it's a really great magazine. So check it out. Out. quite appropriate for the time of year.
2: Yeah, it, 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 it's one of our best. No doubt about it. it. it we're just real proud of it. Todd, got to give him some love. He he does an unbelievable job. Yeah, he does. Dudley has kind of stepped up his game as... Uh, he reads every article and proofs for the integrity of the content. Not He's not looking for... Grammatical errors. Mm-hmm. He's looking to make sure that that writer that that article has his facts right. Right. And uh, and he Deadly does a great job. not I try on the grammar. Yeah, and he picks out grammar too. But. <laughs>
3: I'd like to give a shout-out to my eighth-grade English teacher, Miss Heidelberg, for that. Go, Miss Heidelberg. Okay,
2: Mac, thank you for that. That was really good. And uh, so, why, Lanny, why don't, we're, today we're going to have Chris Curry, who is uh, yeah. a boy, game coach No doubt about a great it. Old guy. friend, no yeah. question about it. And that company has been a long, around a long time. <laughs> long time, they really have. So, why don't we, the number's right there in front of you. Why don't you see okay. if you can get him on the phone?
0: Hey, this is Mac. Checking game cameras is one of the many pleasures I get from gamekeeping. Onex helps keep track of my camera locations to be sure I'm getting the information that I need to make the best decisions for the wildlife. Try it out for yourself and see. Use coupon code Oak to save 20% on your Onex subscriptions. Know where you stand.
2: Hello, this is Chris. Chris Kirby. Hey, Mister Bobby, how are you,
3: brother? I, I'm doing good.
2: I got Lanny Wallace What's here, up, Chris, and, and Dudley Phelps. Hey, Chris, how are you, gentlemen? How are you? Good to talk to you. Yeah, good? you too. We got Mac and uh, running the board, and David's over here. I'm not sure what he's doing, but he's here looking and, for turkeys on his phone. Yeah. So, <laughs> Chris, ha, have you been turkey hunting this spring yet?
5: I would like to say yes, but uh, <clears throat> when you work in the business, you tend to not be able to get out when you want to. We're, we're super busy right now shipping you know the last of the spring orders out right now. So uh, I'm here building some calls, getting stuff gathered, packed up and shipping it out the back door to make 30 hunters happy.
1: There uh, you go. Tis
2: yeah. the season.
5: Tis the season. <laughs> well, look, let me give him a, a, a
2: proper introduction. So Chris Kirby, um, he's president of Quaker Boy Game Calls. His, it's a company his father started, I think, in 1976. And Chris has been involved in the company for a long time. He is a heck of a hunter. Yeah. But he has won a – I mean, the list of the the calling competitions that he's won is just impressive. He's won, one of only a few people to have won everything. And he's also, in 1995, he won the World Championship. The World Championship of Turkey Kong. That's pretty impressive. The whole enchilada yeah so uh you know we're get chris we're gonna get you to call for us in a little while and we're gonna compare your calls to some of our stuff but <laughs> we uh we we want to learn from you a little bit and, and so hopefully our listeners can learn and we all want to learn here and uh we're just we're, we're pleased to have you on it. i'm gonna throw out the first question if, if i could your your father yeah. just was way ahead of his time mm-hmm. with all this stuff what, how did he get so into, and, and we're speaking of Dick Kirby, how did he get so into turkey hunt?
5: Well, uh, a good friend of ours still today, uh, Bob Wozniak, took him out on, on his first ever turkey hunt back in the 1973 74. It might have been sooner than that. Um, and much like all of us, look, the, the wild turkey gobble is a disease. It is a, when you hear it, you start to talk with them. And you're getting a response, that gobble, I mean, it just brings chills to my spine every time I hear one. Um, so he was infected immediately. Um, a barber at the time, um, but he my dad was incredibly artistic. Uh so he could look at he was looking at the products that were there and he started he made his first mouth called pair of tin snips, aluminum siding, duct tape, and a balloon. So oh, wow. it started, it started way back when, but he just had the ability to look at products and design. Um, you know, he just had a great God given talent to do it. So Quaker Boy and this whole life that we've been blessed to have was not a big business plan. It was not anything that was like, we're going to do this, 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 this. It just kind of started as a hobby and, and he started selling calls to people he was cutting hair with. You know, teams with the NWTF was starting then, and the Target 2000 program came out, and we're huge supporters of that. Dad served nine years on the board for the Federation. Um, we just kind of took a, a sport of hunting and created an industry, and not just us. I mean, it, there, there's plenty of, you know, Will Primos had, has a ton to do with this. You know, David and Harold, all these guys. Ben Rogers Lee. In 1980, when I won the Junior Grand Nationals in, in Buffalo uh Ben Rogers Lee was the MC so you know there's it's it again it wasn't a big business plan it was just a strong faith in god and you can only imagine the dinner conversation when mom and dad decided to close the barbershop and go start making turkey calls for time <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah but that was interesting <laughs> It seems like the barbershop thing uh, oh, is pretty common. Is, they're, yeah, they're killers.
5: There, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of barbers out there that know how to kill turkeys. There's that's no sure. doubt about it.
3: And it, it makes sense, you know, as many friends as they have. You know, you're you're cutting hair and, and talking the, to folks a, all day.
1: MRI and turkey hunting is yeah. one of the
3: most
5: important and,
3: things. And then you also meet a lot of buddies that don't turkey hunt, that right. may own land,
5: you know, so. It's good strategy. It was all part of it. Back, it was all part of it back in the
2: day. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, so your father, it, it, when you mentioned that artistic ability, I can remember boy, I, yeah, I you know, I I vividly remember your father. But some of the calls that he would have there would be a Quaker boy booth and oftentimes there would be a booth across the aisle that had some of these just insanely decorated artistic Box calls, calls and wing bones I, and stuff that his he food. was an artist. Most so, h- was he really into making those wing bones? And how did that get started?
5: He did. He did do wing bones. Um, <clears throat> he did a lot more box calls. Um, and let me say this: I did not get any of his artistic ability. My brother, <laughs> on the other hand, he did. My dad was an artist. I mean, I can write my names and do a little stick figure for you. Um, but uh, he, he was definitely gifted. And yeah, he, he did a lot. He did a handful of wing bones. There's not many out there that he did on the wing bone side of things. Um, but box calls. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are very familiar with the, the, the turkey, the strut and turkey that my dad draw, drew on numerous autographs. Yeah. So yeah, he, it was just a natural ability that he had. And he loved doing it. And we did, we still do sell, um, uh, we, we've got some, a Dick Kirby collectible section on our website where it, calls that my dad had made prior to his passing he was in his shop guys i I, I, he loved it i don't think he ever went a day once he started where he didn't he did not run a turkey call and he just loved it he was in his little wood shop at the house and um you know building box calls and and putting artwork on them so we still have some of his collection left and now we have this stuff that's special to the family that obviously will will never leave our hands Mm -hmm. um but uh, yeah it's uh it was a blessing to have that man as my father.
2: Wow. Well, that, that you know, I love hearing stuff like that. I mean, it, 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 that's just the way kids ought to, sons ought to think about their fathers. That's no uh, that's, 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 special. that's what we all love. hope for. That's right. We have, You know, y- y'all both have sons, yeah. so there's hope for all of us. I can
5: tell you the scariest I ever was with my father was uh, the very first turkey I ever saw in my life. I've told this story a hundred times. I was... I don't know, four or five years old, all three foot of me. He takes me and my brother into the woods and he's got a box for all the time. And he's like, I said, dad, what are we doing? And he's like, well, we're going to go try to find some turkeys for the turkey season. He said, okay. So I'm walking down the path with him and, and he yelps on a box call, you know, and it just uh And this turkey gobbled probably a hundred yards away. I looked at my dad and I was so impressed. And it was like, man, that is just the coolest thing in the world. So he starts calling a little more, a little more, and the turkey gobbling and starting to come. And we sit down next to a tree, get all camoed up and, you know, sitting there, sitting there, and now the turkey's getting really close. And he calls again, and now the turkey is literally rattling the trees around us. And I looked at my dad, I said, what are you doing? He said, well, we're going to try to get him closer. I looked at him like, why? And right about that time, here's this big, red-head, black-eyed, beady-eyed turkey staring down at me at about 20 yards from just over the ridge. I have never been more scared in my life. <laughs> and he yelped again, that turkey gobbled, and I was hooked from then on. I can tell you I've gotten over my fear of the wild turkey and gotten even with a whole bunch of them. <laughs> uh,
3: that's interesting. It, it almost is a scared feeling, you know? Oh, it's startling for sure. Yeah. So. You know, I, I remember one of the
2: when I first started here, <clears throat> Daryl Daig had gone to Iowa and he talked about standing on top of a ridge and those some turkeys that, that they were gobbling so hard and Mark Jury said, Okay, now you go down and Daryl's like, Hell I ain't going down to get me. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately man. they don't gobble that much here. <laughs> no. Hey, so, hey Chris, so one of the most I think probably the most Popular call that I mouth call that I can remember is the old boss hen. Mm-hmm. It, it is that been a staple from day one with you
5: guys. I can tell you, we've been doing this now for I don't know 47 or 48 years. The beginner's double, the old boss hen, the pro triple, um, the original cutter, the world champ, those are staples. There has been numerous, numerous changes to mouth calls over the years, different cuts. Um, you know, we started the whole raspy call revolution back in the, the early 80s with the old Turk. was the first time anybody ever, ever thought he could cut a reed. And I was running a call my, we were building calls down in the basement my dad and everybody and one had a piece of latex had torn. So I was just walking around calling and my dad looked at me and said, what are you running there? I said, I don't know. And I showed it to him and it had a little tear in it, but it was giving it that raspy tone. So he then started to cut Purposely reads. So the old Turk, the Quaker Boy Special, the old Boss Hen, those are the first raspy calls. Prior to that, it was a double, it was a triple. Um, but then Paul Buskey came up with the cutter call when he was working for us, and it just kind of has gone haywire ever since then. But the true staples, I am a simplistic turkey hunter. If you can't run it, don't buy it. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's plain and simple. Um, because when you're in the battle, when, it, when you're, the pressure's on, and you've got to have confidence that you can run what you're running, whether it be a mouthful, slate call or easy over. I mean, it's, but the old boss hen, yeah, it is our number one selling call, uh, followed closely by the pro triple and the old boss hen. Um, yeah, they're just, it's, it's two layers of latex, two corners cut, very easy to use, very consistent. Um, I'm a, a cutter or a world champ style cut just because that's kind of what I competed with all those years. So when you start getting into the single spikes and and the B cuts are great, they're all great. They all do a little something different. Um, But, you know, keep it basic. Keep it simple. The the turkey's brain is only about the size of a quarter and it's not too hard to fool sometimes.
2: So, <laughs> yeah. so Chris, you're up there in, in New York and I, I've never turkey hunted in New York, but I've always heard y'all's turkeys were hot-blooded. Is there something to that? They, they, they gobble better than most, is what, what I've heard.
5: You know, I, I mean, I've hunted all over the country. Um, and I, I think most hunters around the country, where's your favorite place to hunt? My favorite place to hunt is home. Mm-hmm. And home is just you know, where we cut our teeth and we just love it. We know the places. Um, do they gobble a lot? Yeah, sometimes they do. I mean, it, it's the, the issue we have up here right now is it, just like across the country. Maybe we'll get into it. Maybe we won't. But there's turkey populations are suffering. Um, but, yeah, our turkeys gobble really good. I mean, I would compare it to I still like North Missouri, Iowa, those big old turkeys when they thunder. Uh, man, is that just, mm gets be fired up thinking about it um but i go out listen a lot of people you know they chase gobblers. they want to kill a gobbler jets i hunt gobbles i mean i love to hear turkeys gobble i go out every morning i was out this morning it was rainy so they didn't gobble. I was out yesterday morning i heard a turkey gobble he was probably a half a mile away but it just brought a smile to my face i just now you go out and you hear it and when i'm hunting as long as i'm hearing them Man, it's, it's a great day. If you kill them, you kill them. If you don't, you'll fight them another day. Right. But the gobble is more important than any hunt. I mean, every hunt is a successful hunt in my mind. But man, when you just get to hear them and just battle with them a little bit, there's nothing better.
2: Well, that kind of takes care of the that, that was the next question I was going to ask. Is where you know where's your one of your favorite places to hunt? But. Yeah, I agree. Home is, is kind of where the heart is. We we travel around here uh, some as well. and Texas sure can lift your spirits when you've had a It'll couple make of... make you feel better. You've been fired <laughs> up pretty bad.
5: I can tell you right yeah. now, it's a 1A, 1B for me. I, and I guess, you know what, where's my favorite place to turkey hunt? Wherever the turkey's gobbling. Yeah. 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 And plain and simple. I mean, I don't care where it is. You give me a state, you give me a place to go, these goblins, that's my favorite place at that moment but texas is fantastic um you know I, i've 130 years down there on a ranch and good gracious i mean yes the rio grand turkey is a special breed of turkey
2: yeah they love to the gobble too I've no doubt it. about it but it's a unique sounding gobble but there's when, when, when you've been accustomed to hearing easterns right. and then you're that rio he's he's just it doesn't it, quite sound as into it
5: yeah no, it's just like the Miriams as well. They all have their, their different, you know, tonal qualities to them. But, Bobby, it still gets me fired up.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, Yeah, well, look, we'd love for you to kind of, could you kind of talk us through some of the, your favorite calls and even work them and let you know, let us hear you on a couple of calls. But we, we want to make sure that we you know we get a chance to listen to a world champion.
5: Oh, good gracious. Uh, yeah, that that one was actually hosted by Masio down in uh, I think it was Birmingham, it was Birmingham, Birmingham. Alabama. Yeah. And uh, Lanny, you were probably there. I was there. He was taking up tickets. At yeah, the that's Nova. right, sweeping up. <laughs> yeah, yeah there was. Uh, I want to say there was thirty or forty in the preliminary division in the preliminaries, and then we took the top ten or fifteen. I forget and. I remember it. Obviously, it's it's the only world championship I ever won. But it, the callers were called out in order, and when it got down to first and second place, it was myself and Walter Parrott, <clears throat> and one of us was going to win. And uh, you, you know, Walter and I have battled back and forth, and we were arm in arm and, and gave him a hug and just said, "Hey, Walter, I'll be proud to stand on either side of you." He looked at me. I said the same thing, and. Fortunately for me, on that day Walter was second and I was first. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, there was there was a good number of callers there.
1: Well, You're talking just, about a collection of turkey hunters.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, you,
1: those you, were those were the guys that sh- shaped everything the way it is today. You know,
2: right? I, I would you know you listen to them today they all they all sound mm-hmm. sensational. But back then, when when he what he's talking about, What's those like guys that? I think they may have been the toughest. No uh, question about
1: collection it. Collection of callers. No doubt about it. All hunters, all in it for the the, the turkey and uh, wanted to sound just like one. Yeah. And probably, it was amazing to watch be around during that time. And there was a lot of turkeys, too. <laughs>
2: yeah, so, Chris, kind of go through some – let me ask you, let's do a scenario. So, we've had a couple of guests, and we've asked them about tree calling, and it's about 50-50. Some of them say, man, I would. I don't ever call to them when they're in the trees. That
1: is kind of the question of the season, yeah, to tree call or not to tree
5: call.
2: Yeah, so uh, what's your thoughts there? And and please don't say it. First thing in
5: the morning, morning, I I can tell you when a turkey's gobbling on a tree, I think it's important. Everybody remembers this. Why does a turkey gobble? A turkey gobbles to attract hens. And What's supposed to happen naturally, he's going to sit in that tree. He's going to gobble. The hens will respond a little bit, but the hens are going to fly down, and they're going to go to him. That's what happens naturally in the wild turkey world. So what we're doing as hunters is trying to re- reverse that, mm-hmm. make him come to us. I mean, he's supposed to just stand there and collect his harem and go. Uh, so when the turkey's gobbling in the tree, am I going to call to him? Absolutely, but not a lot because the more you call to him in the tree and the more he gobbles, he's a attracting other hens, B could be attracting other hunters. So it's, it's kind of a double edged sword. But I want to get in the game. I want him to know that I'm here. So I'll let him gobble two or three times, let the morning happen. Um, and then, yeah, you know, a, a soft little tree yelp to him. And hopefully he responds. And then, then the game's on. At that point, that turkey knows exactly where I am. So he knows I'm here. He knows I'm there. I don't want to keep him gobbling. I don't want to attract other hens. I don't want to attract hunters. I don't want to attract attention at that moment he's in the tree. So, yeah, he knows I'm there. I mean, I I compare it to this. Like, when you come home and you say, hey, honey, I'm home, and she's, you know, upstairs in the laundry room, and she says, yeah, I'm up here, you know exactly what room she's in. That's your home. Well, the woods is his home. So he knows exactly where you were. And if you did nothing else, I, I would believe that if he was ready to die, he'd fly down, he'd come up, he'd be staring at you right at that tree because he knows where you were. Uh, so gobbling in the tree, its again, again—it's—it's. It's, I love it. I love to hear it, but I don't like to promote it. Do I call to him? Yeah, I'm going to keep him interested. If I start having other hens around, certainly. I might call a little bit more, get them a little bit agitated. Um, but the real game happens when his feet hit the ground. Um, hopefully he flies down and hits the ground right in front of you. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: So what's that next move for you when he hits the ground?
5: Once he hits the ground, and I, I'll back up just a little bit. I am a, a fly down tackle guy. Yeah, he's are. responded to me. With, with If he responds to me, to my just pre-yelping and stuff like that, I'm Like, give him a couple, you know, five, ten minutes, let him do his morning thing. But then I'm going to Give them that final out cackle. Create that illusion that I have flown down, you know, and I'll, I'll slap my leg and maybe rustle the leaves with like I landed. Really give them that that visual that, man, she's flown down. She's on the ground over there. Um And at that point, I'm going to let the morning happen a little bit. And then once I'm convinced she's on the ground, you'll hear the gobble change. I mean, when they're in the tree and then they're on the ground, then I'm going to try to fire them up right away. he's gobbling that whole time and he's super interested Um, then I'm going to give him some time let him do his thing he's going to start around he's going to wait for me to come to him I mean I've seen it a hundred times they're just going to wait at that point I don't keep calling a lot at that point let him start moving which way is he going what's he doing Um, and then at at some point I'll just turn the other way and call away from him like I'm walking away and give him that illusion that I'm leaving you want to come let's go um, and hopefully that works. But I'm a, I'm a call manufacturer, so I call a lot. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, that, yeah, you're pretty good at it. Yeah. So, oh
2: my goodness. I gobble. <laughs> yeah. That felt yeah, like
3: I was on a hunt.
2: <laughs> well, it's no no. Uh, obviously, he's he's won a long list of competitions. I mean, the the I mean, he's the best. he's his oh, blood. The world championship. Yeah. he You really do sound good, Chris. I, I mean, even over the phone. <laughs>
5: I, I appreciate it, but uh, I, I get to call him up in the morning, tonight. and put him on speaker. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> I'd be mean, hey, trust me as long as you got as long as I can hear the turkey gobble, I'd be happy to do it. <laughs> yeah. uh, David
3: McElwain's over here getting sound files of your of your calling on his phone, so be careful. I'm well, glad you brought up
5: the flat. No, no worries, no worries.
2: Yeah, go ahead, Lanny.
1: I'm just I'm glad you brought up the fly down cackle. I think it's something that's kind of lost, uh, and it is a it is a deadly move. It just really is. So, anyways, it,
5: it, and and Lanny, I mean, I, I use it all the time. I do too. Um, <laughs> I mean it's it's my morning routine, if you will. Hey, he may come, he may not. We we all we all had that happen a time or two to us, but to me, it's 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 about creating the illusion. It's in his mind. Your tree yelping to him. Now you've given him a fly down. You landed in the leaves. Now you're on the ground and you're fired up, firing him up, and hopefully it all works within a matter of seconds. Yes, right. Um But it's it's part of the illusion.
2: Yeah, it's a the, the chess match. The it's just a, what what a great out. chess match it is. Uh,
1: does a really good job describing. I mean, that's what you're doing. You're trying to turn nature on its head pretty much because he's right they sit there and gobble and gather up their hands and do their thing we're trying to you know flip the deck on them that's what's so fun about it
3: dudley you got a question it is yeah. so uh everybody experiences the whole hend up thing and uh it it's funny at this uh here in mississippi and in the southeast we're all facing a lot of hend up gobblers right now uh and it seems like sometimes uh like uh I killed the other day had a great hunt uh did some quiet calling I knew where they were and the whole group of them just came to me and it and it worked out great but the majority of time it seems like you know and, and I always I'm always telling myself I'm a bad caller when this happens but I think it happens <laughs> to a lot of people it seems like when you call The hens see that as competition, and they want to go. It's like they want to drag the gobbler the other way. They don't want another hen in the mix. Um, Is there a play for when that starts happening that that you uh, routinely use?
5: Well, first of all, there's not a bad caller out there. I mean, well, if you're, if you you're, no, you deadly. Trust me, I, I, I've had sound files of, of hens that I would play and you would say, what in the world is that? <laughs> so, you know, every hen is different. I mean, you have, you know, the, the pecking order is the pecking order. It exists in the hens and the gobblers. Um, is there a scenario or is there a go-to move that I play when I've got a hend up gobbler? Yeah. Most of the time I go look for another one.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah I, I was talking so another it, day I mean yeah, a gobbler with a gobbler with three or four hens, um, he at some point I mean our season up here is 30 days, 31 days and the, at some point during those 31 days that turkey's gonna be ready. It just matter whether you're gonna be there that morning. But you know my approach to a hand- up gobbler is really no different than anybody else. Um, I'm going to if I can get a hen talking, I am going to let her yelp, and if she does three yelps, I'm going to do three yelps. If she does five, I'm going to do five. If she's excited, I'm going to get more excited. And it's basically two hens yelling, two ladies yelling at each other. And this is her field. This is her ridge top. She doesn't want you on it. Is she going to come in to fight? It's possible. Does she Is she done with that gobbler or about to be done with that gobbler? So she's going to try to get away and drag drag him in with them? Um, and I've had the, the same scenario where, you know, there, there's two long beards and 15 hens. Good luck, but the play I make is to try to get them fired up. And in a lot of cases like that, those big flocks, I don't think that the hens are really that talkative. I don't see them being talkative. My experience is that they're pretty quiet. They're all pretty content. They're in their little flock and they're doing their spring thing. Um, at that point... You gotta rely on your your scouting, the woodsmanship as far as where are they going? Can you get there and just do some clucking and burn, not be antagonistic, just be hey, I'm just here hanging out, and maybe they mill over just to see what's going on over there. So I've done it both. I've been very agitated and yelling at turkeys, and then I've been soft clucking and burn at turkeys and called different flocks in.
2: Thank you. You know, you talk about this, uh, the the hand up, and a lot of times how hard that can be. And I think if if those hands through the years have been a part of of a gobbler walking up and getting shot, that they, it doesn't take them long that the boy, they don't trust anything like that. And they, 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 that, that scenario themselves as it plays out makes
3: it even yeah. harder for you down there. And road. that could be. And you know, a lot of us hunt, you know, private land and, and on public that's it, adjoining private, and you can't always try to get around them or get in front of them. And so uh, that was, that was some good advice. Yeah.
5: It's always better. It, it, it's always an option to come back another day.
3: That too.
2: Lanny, you look like you got a question there.
1: Uh, you know, Chris, We uh, just w- one thing, pleasure, you know, knowing you as long as we have. And I was fortunate enough to spend some time with your dad in camps and uh, a legend he was. There's no question about that. So uh, just my thank question. You, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, uh, my question has to do, I think, uh, I think a lot of us in the south tend to think that there uh, is a difference between the way com- turkeys communicate in the north uh, versus in the south. Just didn't want to know from your experience if you've seen uh, what, I guess, much difference in that.
5: Lanny, for me, is again, keep it simplistic. I don't change. Right. When I go north, south, I mean, I'm going to gauge and take the temperature of the turkey I'm having a conversation with. But as far as, you know, that morning scenario, whether I'm out in Florida, Texas, out in the Midwest, you know, out in Wyoming, that morning setup, That that's pretty much my gig. That's your gig, um, yeah. yeah and, and cutting and yelping and hammering the turkey, getting fired up, I, I do it all over. Um, I don't change, really, my calling approach region to region. I do call, I do change the approach setup to setup, you know, turkey to turkey. That yeah. turkey's going to dictate what he's willing to listen to and what he's not willing to listen to. So... I don't know calling turkeys in New York is no different than calling turkeys in Mississippi. Gotcha.
1: Well, wow. it depends.
2: <laughs>
5: so, Chris, when you if you flip up
2: in your vest, you probably got a bunch of mouth calls. But what box calls, slate calls, glass calls, Do you incorporate all those into a hunt?
5: I do. Um, obviously, I have a lot of mouth calls, um, but you know, a, a good solid slate call. Probably the most overlooked call is our easy helper. I mean, it's just a push-button call, right? No, no, that That's not for me. Ego's getting away at this point. <laughs> what's, the, what's the best turkey call to be running? The one the turkey's gobbling to. And if <laughs> yeah. you only have one and he ain't gobbling, you don't have a choice. So I can't tell you how many turkeys I've killed It's as realistic and as simple as it can get. I mean, my best bottom line is I have a, a mini boat paddle style call. Uh, I have a traditional box call. Actually, both of the, the, the two box calls I carry were in my dad's last turkey vest. So when he stopped carrying, I started carrying. carry. Um, so I carry those two. I carry a slate. I carry a glass with a couple of strikers. I carry a gobble shaker. Um, I carry a push-button yelper, an easy yelper, a handful of mouth calls, and there's
2: I'm never in the woods without a tube call. Boy, you got a load of gear. He is that. in the sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Mack, you're raising your hand over here. What you? I do. Hey, Mister Kirby, I got a question. So, how do you like to cook your wild turkey, uh, other than frying it? Because you know we're we're big fryers down here in Mississippi.
5: Okay, well that is my favorite. <laughs> um, but I also, but, but I also with like um, um, cut cut them up into nuggets, um, a jalapeno on one side, onion on the other. Wrap it in bacon, put it on a skewer, and grill it up. Mm. Finish it off with a, a, a little spicy barbecue sauce, and you got it's it's a form of a nugget, but it's just not deep fried. It's not any healthier wrapped in wrapped in the bacon, but hey, it's it's awful tasty. It sure does taste good. It
3: does. <laughs> it's hard to beat turkey. I love yeah. that.
5: Mm. It is. I mean, I've done it. I, I've taken and just, you know, cut half inch strips of it and just marinated a little bit and grilled it like that. Make turkey sandwiches.
1: His show is hard to beat that deep fried, though. I'm just
2: going to go. It
5: is. it <laughs> in buttermilk overnight, mm-hmm. fry it up the next day. Makes me hungry.
2: I like pepperoncinis with mine on oh, the grill. I like them better than jalapenos on them turkey nice. for some reason i don't know why but, so chris Your let me ask you this palate. well i do have an advanced palate yeah. hardy's is <laughs> <has given laughs> between hardy's and subway <laughs> you've developed so, for so uh, chris uh you we you mentioned early on and I, I wanted to ask about this but we are we down here in mississippi and alabama we're there are places that we don't have turkeys that we used to have turkeys so yep. we don't have as many and are, are you experiencing that in any of the places that you travel to
5: I think the entire country is. Um, I read a report from Cortland University that, um, the, the, turkeys here in New York were down roughly 40%, Ooh. uh, from its peak in the nineties. Um, you know, I've seen reports where the Northeast turkey population is at a 20 year low. So there's some serious challenges out there for sure. Um, put it this way, a, a few years back, May 1st, opening day of turkey season. I didn't hear a turkey go and gentlemen it's not because I was in a bad spot. Mm-mm. They just weren't there. And and you start, that's when it really kind of all started to hit me and, and started doing more reading and re- research. And obviously up here, we have, um, big old mature hardwoods, um, that have developed the canopy up top and the understory is gone. So, I mean, it is multifaceted. It is not one thing. It's not, you know, the coyotes. When, when I Back in the 80s, when I started hunting up here, you never heard a coyote. And 10, 15 years ago, we started hearing coyotes, and so that's the problem with it. Um, right now, we have, there, there have been, the, the fisher cat has been reintroduced to our ecosystem. Hmm. So that is, they are the apex predator on turkeys right now.
2: Now, what's a fisher um, cat?
5: Do you know, Lenny? I'm, I'm looking.
2: Yeah, somebody dial up the internet. A know. fisher, Martin, you know, that. That's small small yeah,
5: it's in, the, it's in the Martin family. Um, and they were native here, and, you know, they, they were brought back. Well, when I looked up a fisher cat for habitat, it was large canopies, little understory, because they're predators. They climb a tree. They find a flock of turkeys, they'll climb a tree, kill all the turkeys. Huh. Oh wow!
2: We will not none of here. It does look like a black panther from a distance. So. <laughs> oh, that sounds.
5: sounds but I mean, there's, there's a lot of challenges. I mean, avian is a is a big aspect up here. I know back before in the 70s, um, New York State hunting licenses had printed right out. them, shoot all birds of prey. They've since been protected, and and the owls and the the. the red-tailed hawks, I mean, all the hawks out there, the owls, the hawks, and they're just crows. Crows will find a nest and peck it out. I mean, the the crash of the fur market. Um, You know, I trap the farms that we have up here. I I, I hire a trapper, I should say. A buddy of mine comes in and traps for me. We try to do as much as we can. I just bought a piece of property about five years ago right out of a timber uh, harvest, and it couldn't be any more perfect habitat it's got brood habitat it's got everything it's got native grasses I, you know i'm planting 25 acres of, of corn up there and a bunch of clovers and whatnot so we're doing everything we can to make the piece better and the turkeys are starting to pop up the biggest issue up here for us was back in 17 19 it was cold and wet in june when the pulse were coming out of the eggs mm. and that's just the good lord and mother nature saying hmm and we can't change that, but we can't help it with predation. You know, I, I look at it across the country. True conservationists that we are, we're the tip of the spear. We're the ones with the weapon in our hand that makes the decision to kill that animal or not. And just because you have three tags doesn't mean you should fill them all. Yeah. I mean I, I haven't killed a turkey in New York probably in four or five years. Now I've taken, I, last year I was out every morning. I had my gun with me. I mean, it, it, if it was the right turkey, in the right scenario, you know, w- might've been a different story. Um, but we make the choice. And just because the state has given us two tags, doesn't mean we need to film. Um, I'd love to see states back back, you know, as a, as a guy who calls, who sells turkey calls to say, take tags away. Sounds like I shouldn't be saying it, mm-hmm. but, um, I'm a conservationist first and our purpose is to maintain the habitat and maintain the, the species and the natural resources that we have. So if it means not killing a turkey, but I get to go out and listen to them, I'm all in. 100%. I'm all in. I don't, I don't yeah. have to have that turkey hanging over my shoulder when I'm walking out of the woods every time I go.
2: Yeah, well said. Good thoughts. Yeah, I, I, you're, you're, I think we've, we, we're we right there with you, and it, 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 it enjoy hearing somebody of your stature say that. That's right.
1: Because it's our responsibility. I mean, he's right. We're the tip of the broad head, and, and, uh, and, and it ultimately falls on us uh, to do something about it.
5: Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 there was a scenario down even white gale deer that the state of Pennsylvania handed out permits like candy. And everybody was filling their freezers and, and rightfully so. I mean, it's, you're relying on your biologists who, who do a phenomenal job and they always had the resource in mind. Um, but they needed to kill a bunch of deer because the density was just insane. So they killed a bunch of deer. They went back deer hunting next year and didn't see any deer and wondered why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, when you each killed three last year and there's 30 of you, so it's, it's it adds up. It, it adds up. It, yeah it does. and, and I, I feel we as hunters that really spent more time in the woods in our specific regions, we know where things are at. We pay attention and we're not here turkey to gobble. I mean rough grouse up here. They're gone. They're, they're, I grew up listening to grouse drumming all my early hunting career. haven't heard a grouse in five years. So there's changes happening out there that we just need to be cognizant of and, and continue to support organizations like the NWDF. I, I see Toxie's doing a, a stamp. I think that's fantastic. The more the Dr. Chamberlains of the world that you know are really have the resource in mind, but I think we as a hunter need to understand that we're in control.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: We don't shoot them; they're not going to they're not going to die. So. They have to outbreed predation. We know that about all wildlife. They have to outbreed predation. When you when you have two bad hatches in a row, your numbers are going to deplete. The breeding stock is gone. I, I can tell you there was a four-year drought in Texas, Speaking, bouncing back to Texas. It got hard to kill a turkey on a 33,000-acre ranch that I was hunting. And we hit a year, and I'm sure you guys are familiar with it. It was called the Jake year. Oh, yeah. i counted over 150 jakes, different jakes from one spot one evening going to roost that year you couldn't hardly kill a long beard because the jakes were all beaten up on the longbeards that had left now the following year we did fantastic because all those jakes it was a turkey hunter's dream we killed everybody limited out like the, a day and a half into a hunt <laughs> and it was just like it was two-year-old heaven the turkeys we love yeah yeah! Wow. <clears throat> so it can it can bounce back rapidly. Well,
2: we're all concerned about it. We're watching it. It's good to know that you you are as well up there, and but we're all thinking along the same lines. So, Chris is uh, look uh, Quaker Boy Game Calls is uh how, is, what's your website so if somebody listening wants to go check you out.
5: You can go to QuakerBoy.com. Um, we've got all our goods there, and there's also a, a Dick Kirby collectibles section you can go in and look at some of the old stuff that my dad did Um, but yeah it's been an awesome ride with Quaker Boy Um, actually my wife and I just bought Quaker Boy from my mom back in 2020 Um, so being an owner is a little different. You, you used to have, well, mom's ultimately responsible. Uh, not anymore. That's why you hadn't been <laughs> hunting so much. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I bet mom drives a tow. Yeah,
1: mom's taking it <laughs> yeah. Uh, that explains why you hadn't been hunting yet, for sure. Yeah.
5: <laughs> mom and dad started the company, um, and, and they were smart enough to to bring people into the fold that were smarter than them. You, you know, you got Bob Wozniak, who started my dad into this turkey journey and then the dave strebs of the world who and ernie calandrelli who mm-hmm. i mean i, I paul butschke was working for us for a while um you know when you surround yourselves with men of character and, and people of, of godly faith it's it's a path that that the good lord chose for us and i'm glad we all walked it and it's it got to the point after dad's passing in 2010 um mom was the owner and and She's, her life is progressing and she just didn't want to be the owner anymore. (laughs) She didn't want to have to meet with the bank. She didn't want to have to do the things, um, that were necessary. So Michelle and I were in a position to step up and, and, and buy it from, from my mom, keep it family made, keep the original family that started the company proudly made in the United States of America. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's all good. I mean, there's, there's many of, I can say this you guys know all the players you know the night and the, the primos is the hunter specialties those companies have all sold and they're all owned by big wall street hedge funds um we're quaker boy we're family owned and operated and we care about the turkey hunter i'm not saying the others don't because i know they do um but i've, I've seen manufacturing Shift to overseas, and the last time I checked, there's no turkeys overseas. So, um, <laughs> we still do it. I've got Rick Gowell as our, our our production manager here. Kelly is the door down at our, our wood shop. They both have, Rick's been with us for going on 40 years. Uh, Kelly's been with us 20 plus. So, all the core people of Quaker Boy, they don't leave. Dave Streb retired from Quaker Boy. Ernie Calandrelli just retired. Now, we say he's retired, but he's at the best pro 50th. Um, anniversary deal in Springfield, Missouri this weekend, which I'll be going down to on Friday. Um, so I, I'm just proud of the people that, that make me look good, to be honest with you. I mean, w- without the, the team around us, it, we're no good. So, I mean, they're, it, it's a great family run. We care about each other and we just make turkey hunters happy. Deer hunters, you name it. We do it all. That's well That's said. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, you know, and,
2: and, and for you know, Chris is a relatively young guy. For yeah. him to recognize all that and not take it for granted, but recognize it and That's call right. it out and see it, that says a lot about him too. No question about it.
1: Seeing the pass down through the generations is a beautiful thing.
2: Chris, we, we think a lot of you and and the company and all that, but no question. look, before we let you go, we we've got a trivia question. And so what we do is we ask you a trivia question. And if you get it right, one of our listeners wins a prize. So the whole fate of this thing is depending on you. <laughs> so.
5: And I feel the pressure. <laughs> I so, feel
0: the pressure. Yeah. So, Mac, who will Chris be playing for? You will be playing for Cason 31. Mm. And I'll, I'll read that review real quick because it was it was a good one, and uh, we want to shed some light on it. So this is from Cason 31. Okay. I drive a FedEx truck for a living and look forward to the weekly updates on, of this podcast. I'll admit – that I've not always worn mossy oak camo, but after hearing this podcast mention God and family, as often as they do, it has made me rethink my purchases. I've slowly phased out all the other camo patterns from my turkey gear, and today, which was actually March the 22nd, I killed a turkey dressed head to toe in bottom land, and it felt great. I especially enjoy Dudley's segments and his questions of the day. Keep up the great work, and God bless. There we go. So, Chris, oh, now we're going to play for uh, uh, Mac. It, it, it's a Duluth Pack uh, travel bag, isn't it? And it's the Gamekeeper Collection Duluth Pack. I, I asked Bobby if there's a way that you could play for me, Chris. I want to play. <laughs> That's what <you're> yeah. <laughs> say, uh, this yeah. thing
2: is worth two hundred and thirty dollars. Wow! So you can go to DuluthPack.com dot com uh, and and you and, and you and can find the Gamekeeper Collection. That. They it's some fab. It's stuff that you would. I mean it's heirloom timeless, like, timeless. timeless it really is yeah. so I know this guy wants to win it Chris so there's a lot of pressure <laughs> yeah.
5: well I hope it's uh, true or false or it's, it's answer A <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> alright well we'll get, if you need help we'll
0: give you a, a, yeah, a clue yeah. that's what Dudley does I
5: have to phone a friend here Yeah.
0: alright so go ahead Matt
5: yeah.
0: alright what is the state animal of New York
5: the State. We are the Empire State. I know that.
0: Yeah. The
5: state animal.
2: Yeah, it's it's uh yeah that when that it it there is a state animal.
1: They really
5: like <laughs> wood. I'm gonna go with I, I. For some reason, beaver is sticking out in my
4: mouth.
2: Oh, I got you know it. What? You got it, Chris. I hope you didn't ask Jeeves to get that, didn't get that answer. <laughs> well, didn't. We, we'd have no way of knowing <laughs> yeah, if no, he
3: did. No. So,
2: yes, you got it right. The beaver is the state animal of uh, New York. And Quezon, if you'll get in touch with us. How do you say that? Kaysan? Kaysan. Hey Saul, yeah. If you'll get in touch with us, hey we'll get the bag to you. So Chris, look, we've had a lot of fun. Mossy yeah, Oak thanks, is Chris. super appreciative of all that you do and you have done through the years. Yeah, what y'all
1: done for the turkey? Uh, I use my Monsyok,
3: everything. I use my Hurricane Box call on my recent kill. Oh, so.
5: very nice, very nice. We're still making that call, and and you know, it's going back to the staples. We love what we do. We love Mossy Oak. We love. I, I think the more we worry about the dirt and the more we worry about conserving the animal we'll all be fine that's exactly um, right so you know it's I've got on my on my desk right now I've, I've got a that's been there forever uh, it's a little little picture frame and it's Psalm 25 4 show me your path oh Lord teach me your path and we follow his path we'll all be great that's right
2: you're so right. Yep. right you're so right Chris thank you so much for being here and the person that you are we appreciate it and love no being doubt. affiliated with you
5: alright gentlemen you need any calls give me a call
2: we'll do it we'll Yeah, do it. May 1st we might send like, me your address <laughs> there we go <laughs> we're going to come see you one of these days yeah
5: our first season runs out
2: May 1st that's
5: right well, I, I need you to come on up and make sure I'm doing everything right on my farm.
2: <laughs> we'll do that. You know, we can. We've got an opinion, that's for sure. All right, Chris. Thank you. Appreciate you being here, Chris. All right, thanks, thank guys. you. Have a great day. You too. you too. Okay, let me ask this: What are the chances he googled that answer? <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Uh, Who cares?
3: No, you no, got we wanted Cason to win it. Yeah, we need we that do.
2: Jeopardy ding, 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 ding. Yeah, we need a producer so we need to he help us with that concept. He's turkey hunting. So, yeah, he is. He's busy. So what about, do we have an Ash Dudley? We do. We do. What are we talking
5: be.
1: about today, though?
3: It's pretty complicated. It's a good one. You got some notes over there. Must yeah, be. I've been writing
0: away. Yeah. Uh, Mac's going to read it. All right. Mr. Dudley. Mr. I enjoyed the podcast and the magazine, and I'm always wanting to learn more. Things haven't leafed out around here in Nashville, and I can see a bunch of mistletoe mistletoe in the trees around here. Is it a bad thing, and is there anything you can do to get rid of it? Now, who was was the guy? Uh, Terrence. Terrence? Yeah,
3: Terrence did not provide his last name, but good question, Terrence. Um so yeah mistletoe is all over the place and and this time of year when there's no leaves in the trees uh it's obviously much more no- noticeable. Yeah. Um and the one thing about it you know we call it a parasitic plant but they're green and and so they have chlorophyll so they call that a hemoparasite. So it uh it actually uses and and there's a lot of them um uh, I actually uh, use my friend Wikipedia for this, but there's 1,500 species of, of mistletoes. Wow. Um, we really have mostly a native one. Uh, there's, there's one that was introduced to California a long time ago. Um, I looked it up on the maps. It hasn't spread much. Um, our common one is the genus Foradendron. Uh, in the southeast, it's Foradendron leucocarpin but uh the way it works is mistletoe has like a a sticky seed. i don't know if you've ever tried to grab one uh but it's pretty gross it's it's mucilaginous and it it sticks <laughs> so white. um mucilaginous. White. yeah those little white gross. there's those little white berries uh and and we'll get into that later with some some lure but uh so either a bird eats it and poops it out and it sticks on the branch Or it gets stuck on the bird's beak and they, you know, they wipe it off on the branch and it sticks. And then that seed, uh, it can take a year or two for it to sprout and it'll send down, uh, it's, it, it forms what's called a hausatorium which is its form of a root. And it'll either slide like under the cambium layer of the bark, mm-hmm. or it'll, it'll stay on the outside of it, depending on the species. But once that has set, then it doesn't really have to use its chlorophyll as much to get bigger. It just feeds off the, the moisture and nutrients of the host plant. Huh. Um, and it can kill a host plant, it can kill branches, And the more and more gets in the tree, it can cause decline. Um, My personal observation with that is you see a lot more mistletoe like in urban areas where they're stressed. So they may be growing out of a parking lot island, uh, a a tree planted offsite on top of a hill when it (laughs) prefers to be down in a bottom, those kinds of things. Um, And also in, in open areas, urban areas where you've got trees with not as much cover uh let's face it, they're going to be landing in those trees more and, and pooping more. So it, it makes them spread. Mm. Um, and yeah, they can take over a tree. That sticky seed is actually called a, a droop. Mm. And the sticky substance is called viskin. Viskin. So pretty interesting. And, and you know, some of the old lore, uh, like with, with Christmas, you, you hang it uh, above a doorway and, uh, you know, if you catch your significant other under that, you're allowed to give them a kiss. So, uh, Everybody the, needs some mistletoe. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, even further back over in England, uh, folks, uh, when you would get your kiss, you would take a seed out, out of the bundle of mistletoe, and when all the seeds were gone, it was deemed worthless, and there were no more kisses to donate out. Hmm. But uh, as far as your question, uh, you can cut it out of the tree, and they make like a uh, like a hormone-type substance that you can spray all over the tree and set it back. Uh, it seems more trouble than it's worth to me. Uh, mil- uh, mistletoe, uh, you know, there's po- different pollinators that use it, and, and birds eat the seeds. Some birds eat the leaves. You know, just let it do its thing. Is it invasive? Uh, the one we have, uh, this, this phorodendron genus that seems to be more common uh is is not considered an invasive
5: uh, so it's like i said
3: there was one introduced to california mm-hmm. that hasn't spread a whole lot yet according to the bone app maps that i looked it up on
4: yeah
3: so mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't really consider it a problem i mean it's it's part of the ecosystem cool so good so, yeah. question terrence I, right. I hope you learned something well Thank you, Mr. Know-It-All. <laughs> we appreciate that. Yeah, hey, David's over it,
1: there
2: it, looking for turkey yeah, spots <laughs> We always enjoy hearing y- uh, you explain all that, and I think our listeners really do as well. So you do a good job with it, Dudley. Thank you so much. Well, Lane, we've been going a while. Yeah, we, we have. Yeah, you got anything you need to do? Give a uh, shout out? Everybody or?
1: stay safe tonight. We've got some bad weather rolling through the south. So uh, everybody, you know, just be weather aware. Yes. Um, and be safe out there in the field, too.
2: Yes. And I'm hoping we'll have some kind of April Fool's thing that we'll do. That Oh, uh, uh, you spoiled it. Well, this did not come out until next for two weeks. Uh, so. okay. Oh, okay. okay. You know. <laughs> now relax. Calm the <laughs> flock now. <laughs> <down. laughs> <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Well, well, <laughs> All
4: right.
1: So did we learn anything? Of course. Of course. Every time. Fly down cackle. But I mean, you know. Fly down cackle got underrated over the years. It's a, it's a killer. There's no question about it. Yeah, it is. And, I, look, my knowledge of mistletoe is now just, like, blowing out of my mind. <laughs> <So>.
0: <laughs> all right. Mac, you got anything? Respect the turkeys and the process. Every, Every time. Can. Yep, David, what about you? We really enjoyed Olivia last week. Yeah, we did. She, 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 she was very impressed.
2: Very impressed. So, all right. Well, why don't we get on out of here? will not you say goodbye, Dudley? Goodbye, Dudley. Get us out of here, Mac, Mac.